We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swinging along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Hey, good to be with you guys. Welcome into Monday night. Don't have many opportunities this uh, time of year to talk sports, but actually we've had a few because of rain. A few like extra that we normally wouldn't have. So it's not really been as true as it usually is, but uh, happy to be with you tonight. Getting ready for the Cardinals and Orioles to open a series tomorrow night. Getting ready for game five with the Blues and the Wild. Man, boy, games two and three were scary, weren't they? (laughs) Not good. Not good uh, when you're losing a, a combined. It wasn't uh, really 11 to three, but combined uh, 11 to three in favor of the Wild in those two games. Six to two in Game Two, five to one in Game Three. Great to see the recovery and super interesting with the turn to to Jordan Bennington and he did a nice job. And I got I got to imagine you know we're gonna see some more of that. We're gonna hear from uh, Craig Bruby a little bit later on in the show. Some of what he had to say after uh, practice earlier today. Uh, in the meantime, you know, we're going to talk a bit about what we saw there. Obviously, um, game five, pretty, pretty critical. <laughs> you know, it's it, 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 well, I mean, I know that's kind of a dumb thing to say because like, well, once you get past game four, like every game is in one way or another critical because somebody's either facing elimination or you're, you know, you're getting into that deep part of the series where it's going to get determined. And uh, I, it, it's been a tough go for the Blues in the series, just, you know, Scandella's still down, and you know you're still they're still waiting to see what's going to happen uh, with the with uh, Letty and Bortuzzo, and you know one of the things that we talked about really all season long was what are you going to do with the pairings on defense? Is that I mean that was always the question going back even to the beginning of the year. All right, so how's this going to play out? Where, which pairs are you going to be rolling with in the playoffs? Is that going to be is that area of the team going to be good enough? You know, the forward group is clearly good enough and deep enough. Although for a couple of games, they were pretty quiet. They're much better in game four. So we got a lot of blues to get to today. Uh, certainly going to be talking a lot about the Cardinals. And we'll hear a little, uh, we'll hear some of what uh, Tom Ackerman talked about with John Mosellock yesterday on Sports on a Sunday with regard to some of the prospects. Uh, a little bit more with Nolan Gorman. And, you know, we, we've got to talk a bit about uh, the good and the bad from the weekend, you know, uh, I mean, Saturday's the bad. I don't know that there was really anything more than that. I mean, Saturday was the day that, you know, everything got away from the Cardinals. But the good news is 
that since the start of May, the offense is trending upward. More power, so the slugging percentage from April to May, May is 70 points higher on the slug side. So you're seeing them now as an above-average offensive team in the month of May as opposed to an average-ish team in the month of April. We're still yet to get the kind of consistency that you want, and that's really the biggest issue to me Like with the long term for the Cardinals offense is where do you get when do, when do they settle in and instead of the streakiness instead of the highs and the lows which is what we've seen so far you know when do you get them settling in at kind of the level that they're going to kind of stay at because you know winning games is not just about like run differential run differential is interesting and it can be informative same thing with like goal differential in hockey but i mean <clears throat> Yeah, it's more than that because, you know, if you score, if you win 10 to 1, you don't get extra points. You know, if you win one game 10 to 1 and then lose two or three games in a row, like 3 to 2, well, your run differential is pretty good. But you only won one out of four in that scenario. So when, we, when we're looking at this team in particular, it, to me, it's about that consistency. When, when do they settle in and just kind of find their sea legs? And for some guys, that's starting to happen. Uh, Dylan Carlson's been swinging a good bat this month. Um, Paul Goldschmidt has been now for a couple of weeks. And boy, what an addition Juan Yepes has been. It's only been five games for him, but he's got three doubles and a home run. Hit his first major league home run yesterday on Mother's Day. He's nine for 19, so he's hitting almost 500. Showing the power that other guys in the DH spot have not. And meanwhile, when you look at the the other DH candidates so far in May... Corey Dickerson and Albert Pujols combined are three for 22 with only one extra base hit in these games. Now, again, it's not a lot of time. Don't want to necessarily judge that. But look, you know, they've talked a lot about Oliver Marmel has talked a lot about performance being a dictating factor. And when, when you're performing, you get to play. Well, Juan Yepes is giving them no reason to take him out of the lineup. And I would anticipate that he's going to be there in one spot or another, moving forward for the short term until he stops hitting. As he's really swinging the bat well, and it was just a continuation of what he was doing at Memphis. And yes, yes, we have another sports open line, and yes, we have another sports open line where we need to talk about Paul DeYoung. And it's, you know, it's not great. Uh, I hate, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, it's not piling on because when you're, when you're evaluating performance, uh, performance is what it is. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, to me anyway, there's no reason to exaggerate. There's no, there's no really good way to exaggerate good or bad when we have actual results like, you know, the batting average home runs and that, but then we also have the batted ball data. Cause that, you know, it used to be not all that long ago, kids where teams could kind of BS us a little bit like, ah, he's hitting the ball hard. He's had some bad luck and you, you might instinctively think, no, no, that's not true. But you didn't have the measurements. Well, we we have that now. I mean, there's just there's no there's no BSing around it. You're either doing things the way that they need to be done. You're either creating quality contact or you're not. And you know, as we've talked a lot about with Paul DeYoung here in recent weeks, it's just not there. The numbers aren't there. Um, you know, he's hitting a hundred. He's hitting a buck thirty. And you know, look. It's it's only it's early in May. He's got three hits, but two of them came on Saturday, and that's kind of you know, when you've got six hits 
What in the list? I'm trying to think of the 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 actual numbers here because uh, I looked at this a little bit ago and I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. When you've got what, like ten hits in three or in four weeks, five weeks, that's probably not going well. And it's not. And I, you know, at this point, and we're actually that's part of what uh, John Mozeliak and Tom Ackerman talk about from yesterday's conversation that we'll get to next hour. It's like you know the, when when Edmundo Sosa comes off the COVID list, he's going to get a shot to play. I mean, right now, Paul DeYoung's playing because he's ca- he, he's generally been a good defender. Although yesterday there were a couple of moments that weren't so great, but he's a good you know he, his overall career he's been a good defender. And at the moment, they don't have a really good candidate to slide over. And I know, I know, everybody wants to see Tommy Edmond slide over, and then either see Donovan or Gorman get a chance to play at second base. I get it. I don't disagree. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about the reality of what is as opposed to the reality of what could be. And the reality of what is, is this is still a team that's going to value defense in the infield in particular, but up the middle in particular, more than anything. Now, they're making some exceptions on that with like Juan Yepes, right? He's not a great outfielder, but they're getting him in there. Well, yeah, he's swinging a hot bat, and the corner outfield spots are places where you can you can take some of those risks. You don't need elite defense every day in a corner outfield spot. It's a little bit more important when you're talking about up the middle of the infield in particular. But it's still, you know, you're you're getting to a point now. I mean, we're 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 past Mother's Day and you know, the starting shortstop's hitting a buck 30. And if it were just this year, it's not as big a deal. But considering that it is a continuation of last year, which was a continuation from 2020, which was a continuation from the second half of 2019. Yeah, it's a real concern. And we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on. Up next, I want to talk about the opposite side of that, though. I want to talk about the players that are red hot. What are we seeing from Yepes? What are we seeing from Goldschmidt? What are we seeing from Dylan Carlson? And are these signs of guys that can keep this stuff going to keep the lineup going? We'll get to that next up on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, back in on KMOX on a Monday night. Obviously, Cardinals and Orioles will be on our airwaves tomorrow night, 645 first pitch, 550 for the pregame show. Uh, and again, we're still, at this point, the Cardinals, everybody's still waiting to see what tomorrow is going to look like in terms of um, 
the starting pitcher. Um, you know, Adam Wainwright's still on the COVID list. And uh, again, all the reports are asymptomatic, you know, not not real bad, but he's got you got to test negative a couple times before you can come back. So at the moment, the Cardinals have a big TBD to be determined next to their starting pitcher for tomorrow night. Um, they they could they could just bump Miles Michaelis up to that spot, and he would just remain on normal regular rest. Uh, so they could do that if they wanted to to give it another day. Uh, but at this point, still waiting to see what the deal is uh, with uh, the old COVID tests with Adam Wainwright for tomorrow. So we'll tell you more about tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about kind of where we are coming out of the weekend. I think Mondays are a good day to do kind of an assessment. Where are we coming out of the weekend? Where's the team? They're on a 92 and a half win pace after the weekend, after the 50, uh, the 500 road trip, if you will. Uh, they were one and one against the Royals, two and two against the Giants. So you're right there on a 92 and a half. No, so 92, 93 win pace at the moment. And the offense is starting to go better in the month of May. It's by no means perfect, but you know the the uh, OPS is up. I want to say, let me see here. I'm not I'm not going to guess at it because I know it because uh, I can look it up. So the OPS for April for the Cardinals was 661, and so far in May it's 732. So a 70 point jump there, and that is almost all in the slugging percentage because the slugging percentage was like 330, 340, and now it's 418. So they're hitting for some more power. I mean, so far in the month of May. Now, again, it's a week, so, you know, judge it however you want. But keep in mind this. The Cardinals hit 14 home runs in the entire month of April, and they have nine already in May. So the power is starting to show up a little bit. Hopefully that will continue because they have the players to do that. I think that's the point, right? I mean, you know you're getting power, generally speaking, over the course of six months. You're getting power from Goldie. You're going to get power from Arenado. Um Ideally, you'll get to continue to get power out of Tyler O'Neill like you did last year. And I don't think there's much question about Tyler O'Neill. He will hit for power. The question is, you know, will the rest of it all come together like it did last year? And I think so. I think so. You know, when you look at kind of how he's looked so far this year, um, his he's had some bad luck if you're looking at the stat cast numbers. So when you're trying to figure out whether a guy's having good or bad luck or just getting what they deserve, uh, you can look at expected numbers versus regular numbers, right? So his expected batting average is 244, which is not great, but his actual batting average is 206. Tells you he's had a lot of bad luck. He's slugging 330, Tyler O'Neill is. His expected slug, based on the batted ball stuff, is 428, so almost 100 points lower. So he should be significantly better than he is right now, and that's just based on, on luck whether it's the ball not carrying or the wind not helping out or just cold or or hit it right at somebody, whatever it is, they're all forms of luck. But based on the batted ball data, he should be a lot better. Not at the level he was last year, but he should be a lot better than he is right now. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. You're still getting good exit velos. Um, he's, he's hitting a few more balls into the ground and things like that. But for the most part, He's the numbers say that that Tyler O'Neill is on the verge of making a turnaround to some level to last year's level. Not really seeing that with those numbers, but we're still seeing that he should be better than he is, which means that, you know, I the, the odds are that you'll see those numbers improve here in the not too distant future. Um, but what you are seeing without question is a hot streak from Paul Goldschmidt that started in April and has continued into May. 
Dylan Carlson finally starting to get some things going, finally starting to show some power. He hit three doubles, and he had a home run this weekend against the Giants. So, you know, he's up to 968 for his OPS in the month of a month of May with a 333 batting average. So it's good to see him starting to hit. Yachty's been hitting a little bit more here lately, too. Homered in San Francisco, hit over hitting over 300 so far this month. Granted, with Yachty, that's only three games. But these are things you need to see. And then, of course, the big addition has been Juan Yepes, who's been moving around a little bit. He's DHing. He's played a little bit of corner outfield. And he's not an ideal corner outfielder. But when you're looking for for some somebody swinging a good bat, well, let me look. Yepes has four multi-hit games already. He's played five major league games for the Cardinals. He's got four multi-hit games. He's got three doubles and a home run. I mean, like he he is earning more looks. And I don't think those looks are going to come at the expense of Tyler O'Neill. I don't think they're going to come at the expense of Dylan Carlson. It's certainly not going to come at the expense of the guy who plays his normal position because Yepes' normal position is first base. It ain't going to be Goldschmidt. It's going to be the DH spot where there are a lot of opportunities for Yepes. You know, the, Corey Dickerson really has not gotten an extended run of at-bats to where you could adequately judge him. But when he's been in there, it's not been very good. Um, you know, this month, Albert's one for 11. Now, keep in mind, he's still crushing lefties. So there's a role for him. But like, if Yepes is going strong, do you really want to take him out against lefties? I mean, he's a right-handed hitter. He he's handling the right-handed pitchers just fine. But it's gonna that that gets interesting the more you look at it. But really, you know, it, when when there, when you're a team that's looking to get more production, more power production, I just don't think you take a hot bat out of the lineup. And you know, Yepes is swinging the bat great, and it's a continuation of what he did in the minor leagues. This is not. I don't think there's anything fluky about this. I mean, Yepes did this all of last year. He did it in the Arizona Fall League last year against other top prospects, and he was doing it again at Memphis this year. I mean, it's 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 not a fluke. He can hit. Now, again, we don't know exactly what level he's going to be as a major league hitter, but, I mean, these last two years, you know, 2021, 2022, shown everything that there is to show at the upper levels of the minor leagues. And now that he's getting his opportunity in the major leagues, he's swinging the bat well. So hopefully we'll see that continue. But at the very least, you've got three guys starting to go. Because look, it, it, the leveling off for Nolan Arenado has started to happen. I mean, that was it was bound to happen, man. He's not going to hit 370. So, you know, this month, a little bit more human with the 778 OPS so far. Now still producing good power. Still has two homers and a couple of, and a couple of doubles here in the month of May, but yeah, I mean he was bound to to cool off a little bit. Tommy Edmond has cooled off a little, but has still been productive. Tyler O'Neill is inching in the right direction. Got an 800 OPS so far this month, so you know you're you're starting to see some of that. And and look, San Fran's not exactly a team that is just like super easy to go fatten up on either. And the Royals were a little bit, especially in the game that you won. But I think that, you know, the that cons- that consistency that we were talking about at the beginning of the show, that you need to get, instead of the fits and starts, instead of 10 runs in one game and then two total in the next two games or three total in the next two games, you want it to average out more 
you know, five, four and a half, five runs a game. If you're in that range, you're going to win a lot, especially with a pretty good pitching staff. That has been weird in some ways. I mean, a lot of good, but, you know, we saw we saw some struggles from Dakota Hudson yesterday after a couple of good outings from him. It's been weird for Steven Matz, too. Like, he's been either really good or really bad, and there's not been much in between. Although, when you look a little deeper on Steven Matz, he's also had some weird things work against him as well in terms of some bad luck. Like, his fielding independent ERA is like half of his actual ERA. Like, his real ERA is seven. But fielding independent was something like three and a half, maybe closer to four, but not bad. When you when you look at what it is, like for example, if you want to go with the 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 Statcast version of that, the expected ERA is four eighty two, which isn't good, but it's not seven oh one, which is what the real ERA is right now. So he's been a little better than that, but again, it's been he's been a little bit like the offense, right? It's been hit or miss. When he's been good, it's been really good, and when it's not been good, it's been really not good. I, I think uh, they're not far off of where I thought they'd be record-wise. I mean, again, I, I said before the year they're a 95-win team. They're on pace for 92-93 right now. I don't think that, again, that's, you're, you're, literally a, you're literally, what? I mean, if you win tomorrow, you'll be on like a 94-win pace. So, I mean, like, you know, this early stage, one or two games changes a lot. Not going to worry about that, but there are questions. Uh, at least some of those questions, though, are starting to see some more positive answers. And the other part of this, too, is the bigger picture in baseball. And that's what I want to get into next. Is that it, it, we've talked about it, uh, we mentioned it a few times. I have. I uh, haven't gone too deep on it. And I won't go too deep or too nerdy on it in the next segment. But offense in Major League Baseball is bleh. And I'm going to give you an example of what Major League average is right now. Like, what's the average major league hitter right now? And what was it just a year ago? We'll get that next here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. You bet! This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, so when we talk about numbers in sports... We, we talk about them more in baseball than other sports, but when we talk about any numbers in sports, it's important to understand the context, right? So when we look at, like, at somebody on Twitter, because Twitter is a hellscape where people have to argue everything you want to say, but I had somebody on Twitter this past week was like, well, I don't know that you should consider the bad teams when you're looking at whether an offense is average or not. I'm like, Average is literally about all the teams, man. I mean, that's what it means. Like, when you add it all together, (laughs) divide by the number of teams, that's your average. Like, that's how you figure out where you fit relative to the average. Because I was talking about last week that the Cardinals offense was basically major league average. Because it it, it was. As of that time, it was. And actually now, it's a little bit above average. Uh, But again, it's all relative, right? Because think of it this way. This, this is why I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this on this this in this segment because offense is putrid in Major League Baseball this year. So some of the crappiness that you see when the Cardinals go up and down, some of that is just them being a part of a sport 
where offense is down because they continue to screw around with the baseballs. And now you're getting all these unintended consequences or maybe intended. I don't know. There are people that actually think, well, if the ball's not going to go over the fence, they'll stop trying to hit homers. Have you seen Major League Baseball? Have you ever, have you watched these last few years? They're not going to stop trying to hit home runs. Anyway. So here's what I'm saying. A week ago, when we talked about this, the Cardinals ranked pretty much dead average in Major League Baseball in both runs scored and in the metric OPS plus, which adjusts for your ballpark and who you've played and all that stuff. So the league average runs per game right now in Major League Baseball is 4.04. So the average Major League team scores four runs a game. Well, the Cardinals are at 4.32. They're above average offensively right now. Again, I know it doesn't feel like that, in part because of the up-and-down nature, and this is where averages can be misleading because, you know, 10 one day followed by one each of the next three days. Well, all right, that's still 13 runs in four games. It's not as bad as it sounds, right? All right, it's not as ba- that's not as bad as it looks when it's 10-1-1-1. You're probably losing those other games. You're going to win the 10. Well, they're at 4.32. And here, let's see, they're at 4, 6, 8, 10. So they have the 12th highest scoring offense in baseball when it comes to runs per game. So they're above average. They are above the middle. They're in the top half of Major League Baseball. And basically the same when you look at OPS+. Plus. They're 4% above Major League average at the moment. Now, here's the crazy part, though. Think about this. The Cardinals' team batting average is 239. Their team slugging is 368. Their OPS is 681. Yet, when you factor in ballparks and everything else, they're actually above average. And, of course, it tells you that there's a lot going on in Major League Baseball and a pro- there, there's a big problem in Major League Baseball with offense. The Major League batting average right now for the entire league, so the average Major League player is hitting 232. <laughs> That's really bad. And the average player's OPS is 676. That's where we are in 2022 in Major League Baseball. Now, just to give you a comparison to last year, League average batting average was 244. That doesn't sound like great. It's very great, but it's still 12 points higher than it is now. And major league teams are averaging each half a run per game less than they did a year ago, which is a big percentage. That's a lot. It doesn't seem like it, like, oh, half a run a game. But when you when you're thinking about like how how much that difference that makes over time, it's a lot less action. It's a lot less offense. Last year, the league average OPS was 728, which is not great. But anything over 700 is at least somewhat respectable. And again, this year the average is 50 points lower than that. So we do have to keep in mind all of us. That's why I said we, not you, but we, like all of us, need to keep in mind that when we're looking at the Cardinals' offensive production, 
We have to do it within the context of what the league is. Because the Cardinals team batting average of 239 is better than the league average. And as sad as that is, it, uh, it is a fact. So, yeah, you know, when it's frustrating to watch. And I, I still think the consistency is more important to grade than the than just the total, you know, accumulation of numbers. But yeah, major league average is 234. Sorry, 232. And the Cardinals are hitting 239. They're better than average. Their OPS, team OPS, is better than the major league average. And and you can you are really you only exist as an individual player or as a team. You, you only really exist within the universe that you're playing in at the moment. We don't have an alternative universe. This isn't like a Marvel movie where there's multiple universes happening all at once. But if that's happening, we don't experience it. Let's just go with that. You have what you have in the moment. The league is what it is, and you're a part of that league. There are always teams that are better or worse than the norm. They're better or worse than the league average. But you still have to grade based on that. Because it's not 1999. It's not 2002. You can't compare this offense, for example, for the Cardinals, to the 2011 team's offense. The league is not the same. Circumstances have changed. The ball is not the same. Pitchers are not the same. Pitcher usage is not the same. There are a lot of factors that go into this. It's not, it isn't just one thing. But this is something that I think fans do a poor job of, and that's looking at the context. You'll look at it and be like, oh, my God, the Cardinals are pathetic, 239 batting average. And in a way, it is pretty pathetic. What's even more pathetic, though, is that's better than the rest of the league or better than better than the league average, right? You're better than half the league. But it's as much a reflection of the sport as a whole at the moment as it is on your team or your team's roster. So, yeah, the team, the Cardinals need to be better offensively. They have a lot of players that will be better offensively. O'Neal's going to be better than what we've seen. Dylan Carlson's going to be better than what we've seen. Bader probably be a little better than what we've seen, but may, you know we'll see by how much. And this, by the way, in no way defends, for example, Paul DeYoung. I'm not trying to make the case like, well, stick with Paul longer because look at the league. And he's still, he's even though he, even though the league average is only 100 is only 232, he's a hundred points below that. That's not good. So I just wanted to put it all into context. It's in no way trying to quote unquote excuse anybody's performance, but you do need to understand it. And you do need to understand the context that goes with that. All right, stick around. I got more baseball for you later on next hour. We'll hear a bit, uh, a couple of interesting parts anyway, of Tom Ackerman's conversation with John Moselock from Sports on a Sunday yesterday. Um, I want you to hear a little from Craig Berube next hour. Up next, though, I just want to do a quick blues hitter. I want to talk about game four, the importance of that performance, the noteworthiness of Jordan Jordan Bennington getting back into the mix here and kind of talk about where we go from here. Next up, a little blues talk on KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals.
All right, so we're going to get back to baseball in about a little more than a half an hour. We're going to mix in some hockey talk between now and then. Obviously, the Blues and the Wild getting ready for game four tomorrow night. I'm sorry, game five tomorrow night. Game four for the Blues, uh, a good turnaround. I mean, it's we, we know that they're dealing with injuries on the blue line. And look, the defense is the one area that that worried me throughout the course of the season. Uh, wondering, you know, were they going to find the right partner for Pareko when they went out and got Nick Letty? It looked like maybe you had a good fit there, especially a guy that's been through the playoff battles. He's experienced. He can move the puck. Not the biggest guy, but okay. You know, I mean, you're balancing that out with experience and, and a little bit of skating ability and a little bit of, of you know, I guess you could say puck moving ability. Um, but you're you're playing short. And you're going to have to find a way. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the nature of the playoffs, right? Nobody wants to hear your excuses because they've got them too. <laughs> Everybody's got something going on. But, you know, that you've got Falk and Pareko carrying huge, huge minutes in, in game four. I mean, they both played 30 minutes. And, you know, the next closest defenseman was Callie Rosen with 19 minutes. You know, you're just, you're not in a position where... You have the guys that you planned on having, and you're going to have to find a way. It was nice, by the way, nice surprise to get Scott Perunovich back. Last week, did, didn't didn't Berube talk about that last week and make it sound like he wasn't going to be back? Maybe he was just conning us. Maybe it was just those, you know, like that playoff thing where you know a shoulder injury is a lower body injury. But good to be. Good to good to see him back in there. I mean, it gives you a guy that you that you know has played a lot during the year, and obviously it's going to take some time to get back up to speed. But you know, you only got a minute and a half out of Scandella the other night. You're, you're still not sure on Letty and Bortuzzo. It sounds like Scandella's not going to go tomorrow night. Um, you know that you're short there. You know that you've got a lot that you've got to make up for, and that's going to have to be carried by the forwards. Look, I mean, this is a group that's been strong all season long. They did the job in game four. You're, you know, I mean, look, there's no difference to me. Big picture, no difference to me between what game three looked like and what game four looked like from the guys that you were suiting up. But you did a better job. And you got, look, you got better goaltending. I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to put it on Huso for games two and three. But, you know, the the playoffs are a, a little different animal sometimes. You know, you're, you know, and I don't know if he addressed it today, um, but you know, he did after the game. Like, you know, sometimes you just need to change it up a little bit. And you know, in Bennington, you've got a guy that's won a Stanley Cup, and he played really well. I mean, stopped twenty-eight of thirty shots. And isn't that interesting? I don't think we're in a goalie controversy stage. I mean, you're in a stage. This is a team that probably is going to end up playing the postseason somewhat like the regular season. And that is, if you're playing well, you're probably playing goal. <laughs> and, you know, with Huso through the, throughout the year, he was the better guy. He got the bulk of the run in the second half and, you know, did a great job. And if that changes here, so be it. I don't think it really, it doesn't matter to me who's going to get the crack at that. I don't have a horse in the race. I mean, you're going to have to play the guy that's playing well. So, I mean, I would assume that either of those two guys, they get into a good stretch, they're going to stay in there. And I don't know, I, and I wouldn't call it a, I, I didn't, I wasn't surprised at all that they made the switch. I mean, even if you don't blame the, the, the game two and game three outcomes on the goalie, and I wouldn't. I mean, again, I think a lot of it was, 
Um, you know, some well, first of all, there were turnovers. Holy crap. I don't know how many, you know, big opportunities you're gonna hand over to the other team. And again, understandable, man. You're not you're not whole. You don't have all of your guys on, on defense. You're not gonna be great. But you you still, you know, as a goaltender, still gonna have to once in a while bail your team out. And I think we're looking at that in game five again, most likely. But we know what Bennington's capable of. I mean, you know, we we've seen him do it so many times. And I know it's hard to do this well when you don't have half of the guys you are counting on to be in your six, in your group of six defensemen. We'll expand on that a little bit more. We'll look ahead more to game five. We'll hear from Craig Bruby coming up in a little bit. We're going to keep on talking some blues for a while, and then we'll get back to some baseball at the bottom of next hour right here on your home for the Cardinals KMLX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 